The Cigar Dave Show podcast is presented by Diamond Crown. Sit back, relax, pour a drink, and light up a Diamond Crown as you begin the show with the general, Cigar Dave. This is CCRN, the Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, USA. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Dave. Is it too late for me to enter my name in the presidential election coming up in November? Quite the tumultuous week for Donald J. Trump. Not a tumultuous week for me. I'm calm. I'm relaxed. I've got all my alpha male accoutrements around me, cigars, spirits, delicacies, comfortable chair. The TVs are all set, and we're less than 30 days away from college football. I think we're about 40 days away from the National Football League. Football Saturdays and Sundays are coming back. I am concerned about the election. It was a horrible, horrible week for Donald Trump. We'll probably get into that a little bit. The guy needs me, I'll tell you that. Tell you what he needs is a dose of humility is what he needs. Long-ass greetings and salutations. A long-ass snappy salute. Semper Delictatio. Always pleasure. Long live the Alpha. We are T-minus seven days a week away and counting from the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water in Buffalo, New York, the Western New York Theater of Operations. We cannot wait. This is the last time I will be in Command Center Alpha Humidor 1A for at least two or three weeks because we will be conducting broadcast maneuvers next week from Buffalo Riverworks, downtown Buffalo, and then the following week from a classified location, Lieutenant Gary's Gary O'Brien's Pub, the GOP, the most exclusive pub and clandestine pub in the Western New York Theater of Operations. So we have two great shows coming up for you back to back. We'll get into more of the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest in a few moments. But it is another lugubrious situation that is coming our way, lieutenants. Live, Live, local, local, late breaking. breaking. This is a Cigar Dave News Bulletin. Welcome to the big house in Ann Arbor, Michigan, where the Michigan Wolverines will take on the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. Hello, everyone. Keith Jackson. Now, you're probably saying, why am I doing my Keith Jackson? Why am I talking about Ann Arbor? Nelly. Because the enemies of pleasure have invaded Ann Arbor. Ann Arbor, the first city in Michigan, has voted to raise the tobacco purchase age from 18 to 21. 
So now all of you that want to enjoy a cigar at the University of Michigan are going to have to go all the way to Ypsilanti. Oh, Millie. You know, there's nothing like listening to Keith Jackson. In fact, I will go to YouTube to listen to Keith Jackson. I don't care if Keith Jackson was calling checkers or calling an arm wrestling match. Keith Jackson made it sound exciting. But what is not exciting is what is going on in Ann Arbor. This past Thursday, the Ann Arbor City Council voted 9-2, to two, approving an ordinance raising the minimum age to purchase tobacco products, including cigars, from 18 to 21. Now, you know my, my, my feelings on this. You know how absurd this is that the enemies of pleasure, that the bureaucrats, that these moronic elected officials are... In, are, are essentially moving the goalposts back. You know, ironic we're talking about football, Michigan football, because when you think about it, if you want to adjust the playing field, what do they do in the National Football League? They move the goalposts back 10 yards. Got to be, what, 25 years ago, 30 years ago, something like that, whatever it is. Well, that's exactly what is taking place now with government agencies, city councils, elected bodies, what they are doing is essentially moving the goalposts back, not 10 yards, but 50 yards. It has always been considered the legal age in this country that at 18, you are legal. We've seen the movement to raise, correction, lower the voting age from 21 to 18 because people said, look, these people are old enough to serve in the Army. They're old enough to serve in the Navy, in the Marine Corps, in the Armed Forces, but they're not old enough to vote on the outcome, the stake in this country. So what happened? They lowered the voting age to give the 18-year-olds representation. But now it seems when it's a product that certain government officials, elected officials, bureaucrats don't like, they have a, they have a dislike for, a moral dislike for, what are they doing? Oh, we have to raise the age from 18 to 21 because these teens, and let's face it, if you're 18 or 19, you're still theoretically and technically a teenager. These teens aren't smart enough to make up their own decisions, make up their own minds. Yet, at 18 or 19, these are the same people that said we have to lower the voting age from 21 to 18. And I could make an easy case saying, you know what? It shouldn't be 18 because most of the people you see in this country now are between being illiterate and being plain dumb and stupid and misinformed and no clue as to current events. They shouldn't be voting at the age of 18. It's pathetic. But here we have Ann Arbor, Michigan, first city in the state of Michigan, now to get behind this National Tobacco 21 movement. Now, the supporters of this movement and, and in Ann Arbor said that now the reason they want to increase the age is to make it harder for teens to get their hands on cigarettes and help prevent early tobacco addiction and save lives. And the reason they say that we need to up it from 18 to 21 is because the 18 and 19 year olds are purchasing the tobacco products and sharing it with people that are not of legal age at 18. Does, do you buy that for a second? Yeah, maybe that happens. But let's face it. That had nothing to do with why they voted to increase the tobacco purchase age in Ann Arbor and any other city or state or municipality in this country. It has nothing to do with why they want to increase the age from 18 to 21. It has everything to do with social control. It has everything to do with disliking a product 
that they deem morally offensive. And as I've told you, I've said this before, for those of you that listen to this show, and we have many that don't smoke cigars, many are not cigar connoisseurs, but many do enjoy distilled spirits, beer, wine. They enjoy steaks. They enjoy their coffee. What have I said over and over and over? They're coming after you. Philadelphia, soda tax, they're coming after you. I've got a story here that I probably won't be able to get to today. I'm going to get to it next week. But I'm looking at it right now, and there is a movement underway by a United Nations agency to heavily tax red meat under the guise that it must be taxed because it contributes dramatically to climate change and global warming. Now, if you believe that's the reason they're doing it, forget it. It has nothing to do with climate change. That's the guise they use. Remember, they can't tell you the truth. If they came out and said, we want to raise the age for one reason, because we are morally against it, their argument wouldn't hold water. Everyone would say, well, wait a minute. You may be morally against it, but this is a country that is founded on freedom. This is a country that you may not like something or like a product, but people have the right to consume it at a legal age, and that age is 18. So I love the people, and again, this is not a political argument, but I love the people that are voting saying we have to raise the age from 18 to 21 because people aren't smart enough to make their own choice and their own decision, so we have to make the choice for them. Yet these, in many cases, are the same people that say, well, a woman should have the right to choose. And I'm not making a political statement one way or the other. I'm simply using that as an example, as a case example, as to why they are hypocritical. On one hand, they say, wait a minute, this group of people should have the right to choose. And by the way, I'm all in favor of people being able to make their own choices. I don't want to be told what to do. I don't want to tell you what to do. I don't want you telling me what to do. But we see this over and over and over again. One group, it's okay that they can have choice, but another group that happens to like cigars or spirits or some other product, no, you can't make that choice. And looking at this vote in Ann Arbor, it is just amazing to me. Here's what one of the council members said, Kirk Westfall, taxocrat. Uh, By the way, we're going to change the name. Not only is it going to be taxocrats, but if you do the history of the Democrat Party, they really were founded on slavery. On, the, on, on maintaining slavery. And, and do the history. Do the research on this. Uh, Andrew Jackson was the founder of the modern Democratic Party, I think in 1832, 1823, something around there. I think 1832. He was a slave master. He was a slave owner. And the Democrat Party was pro-slavery. In fact, one of the reasons they were founded was to maintain slavery. The Republican Party was founded as an abolitionist party to eliminate slavery. Now, I realize they don't teach that in many, they don't teach history, period, in many high schools and colleges, or if they do, it's altered. But just do the research on that, and you will see exactly what I'm talking about. But we're going to have to come up with a new name. So not only taxocrats, but SM for slave masters, because that's really the founding of the Democrat Party. But this guy goes on to say, I do sympathize with the business owners who may be affected, but this in the short term, I'll buy this in the short term, but the science is clear on this. What science? What science? The science is that at 18 years of age, in this country, you have the legal right to vote. You can legally join the armed services and pay the ultimate price. You can can serve in the country. You can die for your country. You can give your life and limb for this country. But what science are they talking about? That at 18, we're not smart enough to go buy a cigar? 
When I come back, I want to finish talking about this because this is incredible. This is encroaching now, not just on people who smoke cigars or tobacco. We are going to start to see this movement in other products, guaranteed. Again, it's a hypocritical argument. One group can make their own choices, but another group can't. We'll continue as we as uh, as I get into this because this I I am so irate about this because at what point are we adults in this country? Tell me. We'll answer that question when we return. The 2016 Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the Water, presented by Rocky Patel Premium Cigars, is Saturday, August 13th at Buffalo Riverworks. Get your tickets now at CigarDave.com. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. Alpha is a big event taking place in the Buffalo Theater of Operations, Saturday, August 13th, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. It is the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water, one of the great events of the year at the Buffalo Riverworks, downtown Buffalo. This is an all-inclusive VIP ticketed event. From the time you walk in until the time you leave, you will enjoy great cigars, including six premium Rocky Patel cigars, including the new Rocky Patel 55th making its worldwide debut. We'll have a full Alpha Lunch Buffet, including Salem Smokehouse Buffalo Dogs, a carnivore carving station, paella with meat and seafood. It's going to be fantastic. You will have drinks, including five different craft beers from Hamburg Brewing. We will have samples of Woodford Reserve, Old Forster, Jack Daniels. You'll get a commemorative gift. Go to CigarDave.com. Get your tickets now. The Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water, Saturday, August 13th, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Buffalo Riverworks in Buffalo. We will see you there. It's an exquisite day here at the Jensen Estate patio overlooking the 13th green. And we're underway. Jim Jensen has chosen his favorite stick. The Diamond Crown Number 4 by J.C. Newman. See the way he holds the cigar, Tom? Mm-hmm. Excellent balance and heft. Ooh, he's eyeing the silky Connecticut Shade Wrapper. Fermented twice for the smoothest, richest flavor. And hand-rolled by the Fuente family with a blend of six to seven distinct Dominican and Caribbean basin tobacco leaves. Each lovingly aged for at least five years. Oh, now Jensen's lighting up the diamond crown. He's got a precision burn, Tom. Mm, those highly complex flavors with hints of dark chocolate really deliver, Bill. Yes, like all cigars in J.C. Newman's premium diamond crown line. That'd be the highly rated Maximus and and the Julius Caesar. Ah, now Jensen's settling in, rolling the rich smoke through his nose. Look at the satisfaction on his face, Bill. Oh, a thing of beauty, Tom. 
Experience the premium Diamond Crown brand by J.C. Newman at select retailers or Diamond Crown Lounge near you. Find us on Facebook at J.C. Newman Cigar Co. or visit DiamondCrown.com. Hello, this is George Padron of Padron Cigars. I want to extend the long ash greetings to all the alpha male listeners of the Cigar Dave Show. Join us for the next hour where we talk all the history of Padron, all the trials and tribulations, and the great history that we're all fortunate to be a part of as part of the Padron family. Our third and final segment in our interview series with Jose O. Padron, celebrated his 90th birthday just about a month ago. And George Padron, I know you are going to enjoy that very, very much. And speaking of Padron, later on in this hour, I will tell you about the new Padron 90th birthday cigar that was just unveiled. Actually, I had a chance to smoke it when I was down with them about a month or so ago. I was sworn to secrecy, but a fantastic cigar. A few minutes, I want to remind you about our uh, Buffalo Alpha Pleasure Fest next week in the Buffalo Theater of Operations. But I want to finish about in Ann Arbor, Michigan, raising, voting to raise this week the purchase age for tobacco products from 18 to 21. And again, even if you don't smoke cigars, I don't smoke cigarettes. I don't smoke pipes, but I like cigars. It's irrelevant. The product is irrelevant. The, what is relevant is at what age do we consider citizens of this country, to be legally an adult. Is it 18 or is it 21? Because right now, by law, you can vote at 18. Right now, by law, you can serve in the military and die for your country at 18. Now, you can't have a drink until you're 21. I think there's a little bit of hypocrisy there. In fact, one of the problems I think about in this country is the fact that we should do what Europe does. We should introduce alcohol to kids at a very young age at the dinner table, so they appreciate alcohol, so they don't go out and binge, so that they don't look at it and say, oh, it's a prohibited product. I'm going to get my hands on it. I'm going to go to town. Remember, people want what they can't have. I always was, was exposed to alcohol from the time I was a little kid, parents having wine at the table for holidays. So I never looked. By when I got to college, I'll never forget. I come walking in. My college roommate, the first thing he does is have about eight packs of beer. And he goes, oh, my God, we're free. We can drink. He's like, this is great. And I'm like, what's the big deal? I could do that if I want now. He goes, your parents let you drink? I go, sure. I didn't abuse it. I never drank in excess. So it never was an issue. But again, at what age are we adults in this country? Now, what's interesting about this vote, a 9-2 to vote in Ann Arbor, is that many of the councilmen and women acknowledged that they believe that the law they were enacting violates a state law meaning they're going to get their asses hauled into court. Michigan's Tobacco Products Tax Act of 1993 states that local governments, and I quote here, shall not impose any new requirement or prohibition pertaining to the sale or licensure of tobacco products for distribution purposes. Now, some of the council people argued and said, well, it has nothing to do about the consumption age. Well, when you say sale, there is a state age, and that's 18. So we'll see what happens. It's going to go to court. But I find it interesting. The executive director of the Tobacco-Free Michigan group said, the goal is to keep cigarettes out of the hands and tobacco out of the hands of high school students who go to school with 18-year-olds and have easy access right now. So wait a minute. By law, 
you can legally purchase the product. If that means easy access, then yes, they have easy access. But to assume that every kid that's going to buy a cigar is going to go distribute it to everyone else that's younger than he is, what a false assumption. That is completely erroneous. But again, remember, the enemies of pleasure to them, the ends justify the means. And one of them, one of the councilwomen in Ann Arbor said that the reason she voted, and she knew the law is probably going to get, could be challenged, but she said the state law is outdated and it hasn't caught up to changing times. So the city's move is an appropriate act of civil disobedience. All right, so let me get this straight. She doesn't have a problem. She, she believes the state law is outdated, so therefore they'll enact whatever law they want, even though they can't supersede the state law because that's an act of civil disobedience. Well, then great. We'll get every 16, 17-year-old and 18 up until 21, the day they hit 21, if this law is enacted, we'll have civil disobedience too, and we'll peacefully smoke cigars right in downtown Ann Arbor. That's peaceful civil disobedience. But who are these people to tell us that we cannot purchase a product at a legal age? It is unbelievable. It is incredible to me. These are the same, many of the same people, the Hillary Clintons, all these liberals that we see, that in the 60s were the flower children wearing the tie-dye, you know, smoking the peace pipe, saying government out of the war, government out of this, we're free, we want freedom. They're the same people now that are the enemies of pleasure. The same exact people that are now interfering with our lives and telling us what we can and cannot do. Again, I go back to choice. They say women should have the right to choose. And again, this is not a political statement one way or the other. But if it's okay for them to have the right to choose, why isn't it okay for another group of people, adults, 18 plus, to choose that they want to go out and consume a cigar or a burger or whatever the case may be? And I'm telling you, it's going to come where they're going to say, you got to be 18 to eat or 21 to eat red meat. You got to be 21 to drink soda. You got to be 21 to eat that chocolate bar, 21 to have caffeinated coffee. If you think I'm kidding, watch it. I'm telling you, we all thought we'd never see these enemies of pleasure rear their heads the way they have. And we're seeing it in mass now. Lieutenants next week, seven days away. Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water, Buffalo River Works. We sold out of the tickets, but I got umpteen emails. So I opened up 10 more tickets this morning. That's it. When those 10 tickets go, they go all-inclusive. You're going to get six cigars. You're going to get samplings of beer from Hamburg Brewing, samples of great spirits from Jack Daniels and Old Forster and Woodford Reserve. Huge buffet, CigarDave.com. Tickets and info, Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest. Next Saturday, Buffalo Riverworks, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. The Cigar Dave Officers Club selection this month is Tabaquero Hamlet Paredes from Rocky Patel Premium Cigars. These sticks were developed and blended by the Cuban master of tobacco, Hamlet Paredes. Tabaquero features a robust San Andreas wrapper with filler from Nicaragua and binders from Brazil and Mexico. Not a member of the Officers Club? Get these premium cigars shipped directly to you every month by signing up today at CigarDave.com. This is Rocky Patel. If you're a beginner, or if you just enjoy a great mild cigar, like I do in the morning, I suggest you try the Vintage 99. This seven-year-old Connecticut wrapper delivers a creamy, mild, 
smooth flavor. It's very, very balanced on your palate, and it absolutely is delightful. Tons of flavor, a perfect draw, and an incredible ash. This cigar is smooth. It will entice you to enjoying more and more of the vintage 99s. It's just a nice, great, balanced, smooth cigar. Look for it, the oldest Connecticut shape in the market today. I'm Rocky Patel, and I promise you, nobody works harder than we do to make you a great quality cigar. Come visit us at RockyPatel.com. Surgeon General warning, cigar smoking can cause cancer and heart disease. Enjoy the latest and greatest cigars shipped directly to you. Join the Cigar Dave Officers Club now, and you'll receive three premium cigars every month. Membership is just $22.95, including shipping and handling. Join by going to CigarDave.com now. That's CigarDave.com. Click on Officers Club. Unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy. It's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers. One of the two cigars that was in the July Officers Club selection, both coming from Cornelius and Anthony Cigars, new boutique cigar. But one of them that we smoked a few weeks ago was the Cornelius. And today we'll be smoking the Daddy Mac. Now, let me tell you the story about the Daddy Mac. The founder of Cornelius and Anthony Cigars is Stephen Bailey. His father's name was Mac Bailey. So he wanted to honor his father. So they called it the Daddy Mac. It is Stephen uh, Bailey's father, his daddy, and his daddy's name is Mac. So we've got the Daddy Mac. This is made down in Esteli, Nicaragua at the La Zona factory. A very, very nice boutique factory that is producing some outstanding cigars. Eric Espinosa overseeing that factory, doing a great job. And the Daddy Mac, a little bit different flavor than the Cornelius, which is what we smoked a few weeks ago. It uses a very, very rich, spicy Brazilian wrapper, Ecuadorian binder, and Nicaraguan fillers. It is a medium to full-bodied blend little bit, I would say medium plus to full, but very pleasant, very balanced, not overpowering. Notes of sweetness, a little bit of spice. And as they like to say in their materials, their marketing materials, it dances, the flavors dance on the palate. And that's really what happens. Very nice balance. Very pleasant cigar comes in four different sizes. And I am pulling out a Corona Gorda. Five and a half by 46, a lovely Corona-sized cigar. You know, I'm normally a Toro smoker or a, or, or a larger ring gauge-sized cigar smoker, but I love the, the Corona. It's just a classic size. Fits nicely in the hand, nicely between the chompers. Very nice cigar. It is the Cornelius and Anthony Daddy Mac from Nicaragua. Cigar-altering and highly sharpened leaf-exposing device. Well, I pulled out my... 
self-sharpening double-edged stainless steel guillotine ready to do some nice cutting work on this Cornelius and Anthony Daddy Mac Corona Gorda. Maximum BTU flame-throwing and heat-producing apparatus. Well, I've got in my hand the Cigar Dave signature lock and load. This is the grenade. This is from the R&D laboratories. You know, these are guys in white lab coats. That's all they do five days a week, sometimes six, is just come up with new litation devices for me to use. Maybe we'll bring one of these up next week. I'm not sure. But this is a beautiful-looking litation device. I've used this many times before. It almost looks like a grenade with a giant tank. Nice single flame that dances about, geez, three, four inches from the igniter, from the from the butane propulsion system. That's what I would use today. And I cannot wait. It's been actually, I've been so busy this week. I haven't had a cigar since last Saturday. I cannot believe it. Cigar, cigar pre-litation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one. Actually, I stand corrected. Earlier this week, I was at the Davidoff store and lounge in the Cigar City. And as I was going in there, Tommy Diadio, their general manager, said, General, you got to try this new Davidoff Corona Cigar 20th anniversary stick. Very limited cigar to celebrate and commemorate Corona Cigar's 20th anniversary. Corona Cigar, three locations in Orlando. And they also, Jeff Borshowitz and Tanya Borshowitz, only location, the Davidoff store in Tampa. So they sold it, uh, gave it to me, smoked it, beautiful stick. Very, very nice torpedo. Actually, it's more of a figurato. It's It's got a very unique head at the top. Beautiful stick, medium to full, very, very pleasant. I think suggested retail on it is 27 so it's very, very limited. Nice cigar, so I was lying. Not inadvertent, not, not purposely. I just actually forgot that I went into Davidoff. And unlike Donald Trump, real alphas... When they make an error, acknowledge that error and aren't afraid to apologize. We are not afraid to learn and take constructive criticism. Donald Trump views that as a weakness. That's going to be his downfall. I've always learned constructive criticism is given from those that want to help you. Smart men learn from their mistakes. Wise men learn from others. Donald Trump has not learned from others. He thinks he's smarter than everyone else. Got news for you, Donald. Donald J, DJ, you're not. And you better start prepping, and you better start showing up. Because if you think you're just going to wing it and show up to a debate against Hillary Clinton without any preparation or any knowledge of what's going on in foreign policy, domestic policy, economic policy, you are going to get your Trump ass handed to you on a Trump-laden gold-silver platter, or golden platter, I should say. So being an alpha male, nothing wrong with apologizing and saying, you know what, made an error. That is the mark of an alpha, because we're confident enough, we're secure enough to realize, hey, we made an error. And how stupid, who do I sound like? How stupid, how stupid is Donald Trump if he refuses to learn from his mistakes and keeps making the same errors and omissions over and over and over again. So, Donald, this is from a supporter and many other supporters I've spoken to this week. You always say, how stupid are we? How stupid is the government? How stupid is Hillary Clinton? How stupid is Barack Obama? You ought to look in the mirror. How stupid are you for falling into all the traps that have been placed upon you by the Democrats and the Clinton campaign? 
Wise up, my boy, or you will be done. And if you do lose, please, don't bother blaming it on everyone else. Don't bother blaming it on a rigged system. Look in the mirror. You'll be the only one to blame. All right. I got off on a tangent. I don't know how the hell I did that. But where are we, Sergeant Steve, in the litation process? Oh, we're going throttle up. Okay, outstanding. Uh, Again, see, not afraid to ask counsel and advice from Sergeant Steve from someone else. You don't know it all. Donald, hate to tell you that. Actually, I don't hate to tell you that because that's the truth. Nobody does know it all. And if you think you do, you're in big trouble. All right, let me cut the end of this beautiful Cornelius and Anthony Daddy Mac Corona Gorda. Let me now toast the foot of this cigar. And as I do, oh, beautiful. Oh, the aromas right off the bat are fantastic. Beautiful. Toasting the foot of this cigar, taking my time. Nice 46 ring gauge. No rush. No rush. We're listening to nice flamenco music, and it's appropriate because my libation has a flamenco touch to it today. Let me puff and rotate. Oh, yeah. Perfection. Nice spice. Nice sweetness. Great draw. Nice balance. As Courtney Smith would say, General, the Daddy Mac dances on your palate, and it really does. For those of you that are members of the Officers Club, you are enjoying a couple of these fantastic sticks. You got two Daddy Macs, one Cornelius. I know you're enjoying them. And for August, the selection will be the Rocky Patel Hamlet Tabaqueros, grown by, or actually rolled and not rolled by, but uh, blended by Hamlet Paredes, who will be at the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water next Saturday at this time. More on that in just a few moments. Scotch, bourbon, and beer. Commence thirst-quenching libationary maneuvers. All right. I wanted something that is going to be, it's going to blend nicely. We're in the middle of summer. It's hot. It's humid here in the Cigar City. I know that in Buffalo, where we're going to be conducting live broadcast and pleasure maneuvers next week, it's been in the 90s, high 80s, 90s all week, very dry, very parched. So I want a refreshing libation, something that's going to be sweet, that's going to be cool, that'll go nicely with my Cornelius and Anthony Daddy Mac. So I have pulled out a wine that Sommelier Dave introduced me to about 10 years ago, maybe less, eight years ago, 10 years ago. It is from Spain. It is called Marques de Caseras. Marques de Caseras. I have to pronounce it with the correct enunciation. And this is their Satinella semi-sweet wine. Let me tell you a little bit about Marques de Caseras. Founded in 1970 by Enrique Forner. An alliance between a region and a family that has been in the wine trade for five generations. And it is in the La Rioja region of Spain. It is the La Rioja Alta region of Spain. On the northern portion, in the northern portion of Spain, it is probably about 220 miles north-northeast of Madrid. And it is probably about 75 miles just south of the northern coast of Spain from the Bay of Biscay, which is the Atlantic becomes the Bay of Biscay, which is exactly where Normandy is located. 
So it is the Atlantic Ocean. The beaches of Normandy actually sit on the Bay of Biscay, which then leads to the Atlantic Ocean. So there is your geography lesson. So you now know 99.99% more than the average high school student who knows no geography in this country. So the Marques de Caceres Satanella. It's a beautiful semi-sweet wine. Interesting grape variety. 95% Viura, 5% Malvasia. It is a wine that is not aged in any barrel. There's no time aged in the barrel. The skin contact maceration or maceration 12 hours at very low temperature in stainless steel tanks slow fermentation during a 10-day period and they get it to a medium sweet taste with a residual sugar value of 32 grains per liter very very precise it's not overly sweet just very very pleasant it's a beautiful wine 15 bucks suggested retail very very reasonably priced the marcus de casera satanella it is a semi-sweet wine, and that's what I'm going to pour right now. Let me swirl it around. Oh, beautiful, wonderful, fruity notes. Wow, nice golden highlights. Nice fruity flavor. Let me say cheers. Oh, this is outstanding. Wow, I think I'm going to bring a few bottles up to Buffalo since it's so warm up there for next week because this is a magnificent wine. Beautiful accompaniment. The National Cigar Litation Libation Ceremony is complete. My Cornelius and Anthony Daddy Mac properly lit. Enjoying that. And my glass of Marques de Caceres. Satanella semi-sweet wine is poured. Life is good. Lieutenants, when we come back, going to talk about Clint Eastwood. Don't forget, next hour, it is the third and final segment of our three-part series, our interview with the Padron family. Jose O. Padron just celebrating his 90th birthday approximately one month ago. His son and president, George Padron. We spent uh, the last hour, we will spend the last hour of this show on our final interview segment. And I'll tell you about the 90th anniversary or 90th birthday Padron cigar. We'll get with Clint Eastwood. We'll tell you about the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest. We're T-minus seven days away. Ten tickets are remaining. That's it. I just opened them up before the show. We were sold out. I got umpteen emails. When they're gone, they are gone. Go to CigarDave.com right now for tickets and info. The Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water next Saturday, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Buffalo Riverworks, downtown Buffalo. We will continue around the corner. If you miss any of the general show, you can catch up anytime with the Cigar Dave mobile app. Presented by Diamond Crown. Listen to the most recent show simply by opening the app with our continuous replay. Or you can download a podcast of a past show. Search Cigar Dave in the App Store to get it. Hi, this is Rocky Patel. I'm here with my brother Nish and my cousin Nimish, and we're talking cigars. Guess what? They want me to vote on what my favorite cigar is. It's tough, but I'm going to go with the Decade. I love it. It's rich, decadent, and smooth. Rocky, you know what? The Decade's a great cigar, but the 15th anniversary, that's the cigar. That celebrated your 15 years in business, and I got to tell you, it's my favorite. You know what, Nish and Rocky, you both are wrong. The best cigar is Freedom by Rocky Patel. This cigar delivers a lot of spice, a lot of flavor, and in my opinion, it's the best cigar we make. As usual, we can't agree. 
But guess what? There's a great cigar for everyone. I promise you, nobody works harder than we do to make you a great quality cigar. Come visit us at RockyPatel.com. Surgeon General Warning. Cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. As a cigar connoisseur, one of the pleasures that we derive is walking into our retailer's humidor and seeing the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. Nine years ago, I had the idea that I wanted to share great cigars with the cigar lieutenants. So, the Officers Club was born. Every month, you will receive three fantastic premium cigars direct to your door, shipped in a very dapper Officers Club customized Ziploc cigar pouch. $22.95 per month gets you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. No long-term contracts. You can cancel whenever you want. You enjoy great cigars right to your door. Names like Perdomo, Diamond Crown, Brickhouse, San Latano, Rocky Patel, Torano, CAO, Avo, Camacho, Greycliff, and many more. Join the Officers Club today. Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, and for $22.95, you'll get the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. We're one week from the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the Water, presented by Rocky Patel Premium Cigars at Buffalo Riverworks. Get your tickets before they sell out at CigarDave.com. That is correct, Voice Talent Ed. We will be there front and center. Voice Talent Ed will be there. The Portuguese Princess Colleen will be there. We will have Colonel Ange, Captain Paul, Mick the Brit, Exo Tim, Puff Muffin Lori. We'll have uh, Lieutenant Gary, Mrs. Harem of One, Butcher Dave. We'll have the entire crew front and center. And I'll get to that in just a few moments. But Clint Eastwood was classic this week. Make my day. Clint Eastwood on Wednesday in an interview praised Donald Trump for his efforts to chip away at political correctness. And this is a classic quote. And I'm quoting here. We're really in a pussy generation. Now, I love it. The Washington Examiner and other newspapers when they quoted it they xed out the uss all they had is the p and the y we can say that we're adults it's like a pussycat meow meow we're really in a pussy generation everybody's walking on eggshell eggshells we see people accusing people of being racist and all kinds of stuff when i grew up those things weren't called racist if you say good morning to someone today they consider that racist it's unbelievable I mean, all lives matter. Saying that everyone's life matters now is being considered racist. It's absurd. I refuse to be a part of the political correctness movement. I don't care who I offend. That's me personally speaking, not Clint Eastwood. Now, he's not 100% behind Trump on some of his rhetoric, but what he says is this. Trump is onto, uh, what Trump is onto is he's just saying what's on his mind. And sometimes it's not so good. And sometimes it's... I mean, I can understand where he's coming from, but I don't always agree with it. He said a lot of dumb things. So have all of them, both sides. But everybody, the press and everybody's going, oh, well, that's racist, and they're making a big hoodoo out of it. Just effing get over it. It's a sad time in history. They're right. I mean, every single thing you look at. Earlier this week, Donald Trump 
was they caught a picture of him leaving a rally in Pennsylvania. They stopped the campaign. They stopped at a KFC, Kentucky Fried Chicken. And there's a picture of Trump on his plane, a Wall Street Journal, uh, on his tray table. There is a bucket of KFC chicken. He's got a, a, a uh, looks like a breast or a thigh on his plate. And there is a, uh, bu- or a, 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 a container of mashed potatoes and gravy stacked up next to it. And people on Twitter are making a big deal because they're saying, oh, he, he didn't go to Popeye's or he didn't go to some other chicken place. And he's eating it with a knife and fork. Like, God forbid, that's the worst thing. A man is eating it with a knife and fork and people are criticizing it. We have bigger issues here. But the political correctness is run amok. It is out of control. And when Clint Eastwood talks about a pussy generation, in many cases he's talking about these softy millennials that need to get a little safe space because somebody said something that may offend them, so they need to go hide in their safe space on their college campuses to make everything okay. And they need to have their little boo-boo rubbed, and they need to have their little pets, their, their heads patted like a little pet the way I pet uh, my German shepherd Sultan's head and say, everything's going to be okay, little millennial. Don't worry. You're safe now. And he's right. This is a pussy generation. And you know who made the pussy generation? The parents that coddled these kids, that gave them participation trophies, that never made them work, that told them how great they was from the very time they were out of the womb. That's not real life. You did your kids a big disservice. But Clint Eastwood is right on the money. Now, next hour, just a few minutes away, the third and final segment of our series of interviews with Jose O. Padron, the founder of Padron Cigars, and George Padron, his son and president of Padron Cigars. You're going to want to listen to that. It's been an excellent series, fascinating, great American story. In conjunction With Jose O. Padron's 90th birthday, Padron has officially released the Padron Series 1926, number 90. It is a special birthday cigar. Now, what is interesting about this cigar, it is the first cigar in the 1926 series, or the anniversary series, 1964 anniversary series, that is not box-pressed. It is a round cigar. Unusual. When you look at the cigar initially, you're going to be you're going to do a double take. You're used to that nice box press. The reason is this cigar, this special Padron Series 1926 number 90 birthday cigar comes in a tube. Two colors of tubes, beautiful looking tubes. There's a cream colored tube for the natural version and a beautiful deep ruby red tube for the Maduro. One size. It is a five and a half by 52 ring Robusto, suggested retail is $19.50 per cigar. Now, I had one of these cigars when I was interviewing them. George said, I want you to smoke this. I said, what is it? He goes, you'll learn soon enough. Then he spilled the beans to me. But it's medium to full in body, a little bit more intense than the regular 1926, but just a magnificent cigar. And again, a very happy birthday to Jose O. Padron. Just a great, uh, great person, great family. George is great. Orlando. I spent the entire afternoon at Padron's headquarters with the entire uh, family. Got some great pictures that we'll post. They could not have been more cordial. So look forward to you hearing the final segment. And we're going to post every one of those segments on a special page at CigarDave.com. Now, next week, very big, lieutenants. We are T-minus seven days away from the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest 
on the water, the Buffalo River, downtown Buffalo. It is uh, going to be at Buffalo Riverworks. Now, this is an all-inclusive VIP ticketed event. We're launching the brand-new Rocky Patel 55th Cigar. Everyone in attendance will receive the Rocky Patel 55 and five other premium cigars from Rocky Patel. A full alpha male lunch buffet. There will be samplings from Hamburg Brewing. I'm looking. We're going to have the General Dave's Alpha Male Abel, a special double IPA. We're going to have a small town Saison, the Sweet Tang, which is a grapefruit lager, an Oktoberfest lager, which is a margin, an Irish red. We're going to have samples from Woodford, Res- or Woodford Reserve. Jack Daniels, Gentleman Jack, Old Forster, and Cooper's Craft, a new bourbon just released. It's going to be a great time. You're going to get a beautiful Cigar Dave briefcase. I'm telling everybody what you're going to get. It's going to be a great time. Tickets, 10 left. We just opened up 10 more. Go to CigarDave.com for tickets and info. Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water next Saturday, August 13th, 10 to 3. Hour 2 is next. The Cigar Dave Show podcast is presented by Diamond Crown. Sit back, relax, pour a drink, and light up a Diamond Crown as you begin the show with the general, Cigar Dave. This is CCRN, the Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the Cigar City of Tampa, Florida, U.S.A. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Dave. As I enjoy my Cornelius and Anthony Daddy Mac and my glass of Marques de Casera Satinella, beautiful, sweet, semi-sweet wine, I am just pondering, should I invade the Buffalo and Western New York Theater of Operations by land, by air, or by sea? I think we're going to keep that a secret because we don't want the enemies of pleasure to know. We're going to get them by surprise. Now, lieutenants, just a few moments, we'll be, you will be hearing the third and final installment of our interview series with the Padron family. Jose O. Padron celebrating his 90th birthday and George Padron. Just a fascinating, fascinating conversation. And we are T-minus seven days away and counting the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water next Saturday, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Buffalo Riverworks, downtown Buffalo. Ten tickets remaining. Go to CigarDave.com. Tickets and info. Get them out. I hope you're enjoying this very special conversation looking at the history of Padron Cigars with... Padron Cigars founder and patriarch Jose O. Padron and George Padron, Orlando Padron, will be joining us in just a few minutes. Another member of the Padron clan that's uh, intricately involved in the in the day-to-day operations of Padron Cigars. So 1993, now you joined the company, uh, you graduated from Florida State in 1990, and then you got an MBA at University of Miami, and then you joined really the company full-time, what, 92, 93? Well, I... I actually joined full-time right out of college in 1990 and then I decided to go get my MBA and I went off and and I did my MBA in a year and a half and then I came back and started again working full-time 
Um, so ever since then, I've been totally involved in the business. And 1993, a very big year because that's when you really started to make the transition from going to a local brand now to a more national brand. So tell us the process. How did it all happen? How did you go from Miami to a national footprint and now international? Well, um, I mean, this company has always operated under under one simple philosophy, which is, you know, to to walk very to to walk and to crawl then walk and then run so obviously when my dad started this business he was crawling and then eventually he started running a little bit then when i came on board and started wanting to go sell nationally we again began to crawl and uh that's basically how it developed i mean we started selling nationally in 93 went to our first trade show and that was where that was in Dallas. In Dallas. In Dallas, Texas. Back in a hotel back then. It wasn't in the yeah. big convention centers. It's the Lowe's Anatole. I, remember, I know the hotel well. So we, we started there. We basically had a 10 by 10 booth um, where we, it was my brother and one of my good friends, uh, Willie Pujals and myself. And we, we ended up getting 10 new customers, uh, retail accounts. 10 sure. retail accounts. Uh, you were the vice president of sales and uh, writing orders and 10 accounts. And after that trade show, how did you feel about that? Well, I mean, first of all, there really were no titles. I mean, uh, I was a, just kidding. In, in, a, in, a family, <laughs> in a family business, titles don't mean much. But, uh, you know, we were more, more than anything just focused on coming back with something. We right. didn't want to go over there and get skunked and not sell a single cigar. <laughs> uh, and we wanted to at least cover our expenses in, in getting out there. Um, we were fortunate that we were able to get, you know, 10 retailers to buy. And eventually those 10 retailers turned into 40 over the next seven or eight months. And then the next show, we added like another 40 or 50. And little by little, we started to build a base of customers to, that bought our products. By, by 1995, we were now in our third show and, you know, we had to start telling people that we couldn't open up accounts because we didn't have the production to, to meet the, the demand. And that was right around the start of the boom. And George, we've known each other a long time. And I know that you received calls from retailers, from consumers saying, make more, I'll pay whatever. And you always told me one thing, you said, if we made more, we would sell more, but my father, myself, my brother, we're not going to sacrifice quality in any way, shape, or form. We never have from the beginning. We're not going to do it now. Yeah, and that's, uh, I think, an important thing to analyze and to think about because we, over the years, have grown the company, but it's basically taken us, uh, you know, to, to where we are today where we're selling, you know, close to 7 million cigars or, you know, in that range. To get to this level has taken us a, lo a long time, and that's mainly been done through a lot of hard work, through building a solid foundation of having quality tobacco to, to put us in a position to be able to increase production little by little. So it hasn't come easy. Well, the one thing, George, that I, that's always stuck out with me is you've never focused on numbers. You've never concentrated on how many more cigars are we going to sell this year? You always told me our number one concern is getting a good crop, aging that crop, resting that crop, maturing that crop. And when it's ready, it's ready. 
and we're not, we, we don't have CPAs or, or bean counters that tell us we have to get it out. When it's ready, it's ready. And, and I think that's really been the, the hallmark of Padron is the fact that even during the boom, you could have sold your cigars for triple the amount. You could have made anything, as, as uh, somebody used to call them, the Don Garbar cigars, which you never succumb to. And I think that's one of the reasons why today you are in a position where you're still growing and your cigars are more in demand than ever. Well, I mean, I think it's important to, to, to consider one thing. And that is to have the respect of your customers. And uh, I have a lot of respect for our customers, as does my father. We are cigar smokers first, and we're in the cigar business second. So we understand what quality is all about. We understand the importance of having a quality product in terms of being able to establish a loyal customer base. And that is, I think, the secret to, to our business, that we have never put... Uh, the the financial interest in front of the consumer's interest as far as quality is concerned, and that yeah, 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 I think yeah, over yeah. time that has that has uh, proven to be a very successful uh, strategy because the, today's consumer is much more educated than ever before, and they understand the difference between a quality product and a product of lesser quality. So you know, having understood that we've been able to establish that consistently over the years. Well, one thing I can tell you, I've honestly never heard in the 21 years of doing the show is someone saying, I've had a bad Padron cigar. Never happens. Well, I mean, it's a handmade product. You know, you could have the situation where a product is not what you expect it to be. We try to eliminate that as much as possible or the possibility of that happening as much as possible. Um, and I think there's a lot of... There's a lot of uh, factors that come into play when you're looking at that uh, in the issue of quality and, and the fact that we are a vertically integrated company that controls every part of our business from the beginning to the very end allows us to have much more control in ensuring that that quality is persistent throughout the process. It began with Roberto Martinez in 1967 making a trip to Miami from Nicaragua saying, I've got this tobacco we're growing, try it. And your father went through the roof, said, this is it. Well, I mean, I've, I've always said, um, you know, my father is a visionary in this business. He's a person that early on understood, number one, the importance of quality and, and earning the respect of the consumer. Okay. There's been a lot of issues that have happened in our 52 year or 53 year history, but throughout all of the turmoil and all of the accomplishments and all of the failures and all of the issues that have been in place, the bombing in, the, in Miami, the war, the Civil War in Nicaragua, one thing has we've never wavered on, and that's on producing a quality product. And my father, I always say, is a visionary because he understood early on the quality of the tobacco from Nicaragua and was not afraid to push it and to put it out into the marketplace and to expose people to the tobacco from Nicaragua. The 2016 Alpha Pleasure Fest on the Water is set for Saturday, August 13th at Buffalo Riverworks in the Western New York Theater of Operations. This day of Alpha Male Pleasure Maneuvers is presented by Rocky Patel Premium Cigars and includes delicious food, great libations from Jack Daniels and Hamburg Brewing, and premium cigars from Rocky Patel. Get your tickets now for the 2016 Alpha Pleasure Fest on the Water at CigarDave.com.
Okay, people, we've just been awarded the Brickhouse Ad Account. Now, this cigar was named Best Bargain Cigar of 2009 by Cigar Aficionado, got a 91 rating, plus it's the hottest cigar on the market. So, we need an award-winning slogan. He's a brick. How? What about, it's not your grandfather's cigar? Ah, it's been done. Next? How about good to the last draw? Ah, something original, people. You deserve a brick today? Who are you? Do you even work here? Excuse me, sir. Am I to understand that every Brickhouse cigar is built with all the flavor and quality of the premium cigars of yesteryear? Yesteryear? Really? That's right, Bixby. But yet yeah, costs around five bucks each. Indeed. Well, sir, people don't really need a slogan. They don't? No, sir. Then what do they need? Five bucks and a comfortable chair. Five bucks and a comfortable chair. Genius! Meet the perfect cigar to share with friends. Brickhouse by J.C. Newman. Handmade in Nicaragua with a fine Havana Subido wrapper. Brickhouse starts out earthy and crisp and burns well-rounded and smooth. Nothing stands the test of a good time like a Brickhouse. For more, visit BrickhouseCigars.com. The brand new Cigar Dave mobile app for both iPhone and Android devices, is finally out. If you go right now, either to the iTunes Store or the Google Play Store, search for Cigar Dave and download our brand-new app. It allows you to listen to the show live on your mobile device. You can listen to all of our podcasts. The last 10 podcasts are always available, Cigar Dave Daily Briefings. Additionally, it gives you direct access within the app to our Twitter page, our Facebook page. We also have the ability for you to call the show during the show right from the app, as well as send me a text message and an email. We also put in a couple of bonus items. You can get a weather uh, uh, alert as well as an alarm clock. It is the brand-new Cigar Dave mobile app. You can listen to the Cigar Dave show anytime, any place, anywhere. Go right now to the iTunes Store or Google Play Store and download the brand-new Cigar Dave mobile app. In this difficult and challenging time when the government is trying to outlaw premium cigars and take away the art form of enjoying a beautiful cigar, we decided to introduce our brand called Prohibition. This cigar is going to be the bootlegger's dream. A gorgeous cigar made in Esteli, Nicaragua, triple cap using a broadleaf wrapper and a Mexican wrapper from the San Andreas Valley. It's got Nicaraguan tobaccos from the Nicaraguan valleys of Esteli and Jalapa. It's rich, it's complex, it's got some spice, some white pepper, and a ton of sweetness. Full of flavor, this cigar is one that you're going to want to enjoy and you're going to bootleg. And that's why it's called Prohibition. Enjoy it. I promise you're going to love it. Talking with Joseo Padron and George Padron at Padron Cigars uh, headquarters in Little Havana. Padron, I would say, is an overnight success. 52 years of overnights because there have been ups and downs. You showed me confidentially some of the numbers, especially when the war in, uh, in Nicaragua and the crops, you, you, you lost crops, you couldn't get good crops. And so there's no such thing as an easy business. There, uh, people say, I, I want to get into an easy business. And I said, there is no such thing. And I think Padron Cigars is an example of that because whether it's Mother Nature, whether it's a war in, a, in another country, whether it is... Uh, 
governments now that are interfering. There's no such thing as easy, and you've got to do it day in and day out. And I think the testament is I see your father here. Every time I come in, he's always at his desk looking at every cigar that's coming through, and it's incredible. Well, I mean, I think it's it's a commitment. It's a philosophy, and it's a commitment to that philosophy. So when you look back and you say, okay, throughout our 52-year history, there's been a lot of ups, some downs, and you just mentioned it. Confidentially, we showed you some numbers, and you can see the effects of the Civil War in Nicaragua and what it did to our company in terms of production. Now, it takes a lot of, you know what, to sit back and say, I'm going to hold back production because I know that I cannot produce what I'm producing and maintain quality. So I have to cut back because I don't have the raw material. That takes a lot of, you know what? You're right. Okay, it takes a lot to leave that money on the table and say, I'm not willing to sacrifice all, all the work that I've done in the past and all of the consumers that I've been able to get in my corner. I'm not about to risk losing that for the sake of producing a short-term gain. Well, I'm sure your father would agree, and, and you can tell him this, that quality comes first, the sales will come second. Absolutely. You can't, one, they're not exclusive of each other. I mean, once you focus on the right, you got to put your focus on the right, all your energies in the right path. You produce quality products, the rest will come and the rest will, will fall into place. Do you remember, George, back in... Uh, Dallas at your first RTDA convention, which at the time stood for Retail Tobacco Dealers, now the IPCPR. Do you remember your first order, your first customer, who it was? Well, I remember a lot of things about that show. And we still have some customers that were original customers from that show. And I'm forever grateful to those people who understood what we were about and, and started purchasing our cigars. I think that over the years... We've demonstrated to them and to many people that we're very loyal to our consumers and to our customers. I mean, consumers, I mean the end consumer, Mm -hmm. but also to many of the retailers that have supported us over the years. Because, um, you know, for us, loyalty is a two-way street, and um, we don't take that lightly. Well, and every time I visit your booth, and your booth has gotten larger and larger, but every time I walk in, it's, it's really like being amongst families. That's really what it is, because that's how the retailers look at you, the consumers, uh, I do, uh, because you're not dealing with a company. You're dealing personally with the Padrones as friends. Yeah, and, and we still continue that. Uh, I mean, here in Miami, my father's here, my mother, she comes in and does her thing, too. We have my brother, Orlando, my cousin, Rodolfo. You have my nephews, Jeffrey, Marcos, Melissa, Jessica. Now we have the next generation. And, and as my father just mentioned, we also have now the new, gener- new nephew, my son, who just graduated and is now going to college and is now working here over the summer, as are my other nephews, AJ, my son Jorge Luis, my other nephew AJ, and my other nephew Shaggy. So we're, they're here doing the same types of things that I used to do when I was their age. And, you know, little by little, we get them indoctrinated into the uh, Padron way. The Padron way. And I can tell you, they're not sitting in a fancy office somewhere with their feet propped up, uh, you know, with a cushy gig. They're out there working and working hard. Yeah, well, I mean, that's important that they understand and not take anything for granted. I mean, I'm, I'm not, uh, you know, they're coming into a situation that is different than the situation that I came into. I certainly didn't have to go through a lot of the hardships that my father went through, 
I feel that I have helped my father, as has my brother and my sister Elizabeth, who also works with us. But we we went through a different phase of the business, a growing phase and a phase that has required a lot of thought in order to get to where we are. But now this new generation comes in and it's a, a different phase. You know, it's things are a little different now than they were back then. So it's important that they understand the position that we're in now, but to not forget the positions and the situation and the, what has taken us to get to, to where we are. Well, between your father, uh, Josea Padron, and you, George, and all the memorabilia throughout the Padron headquarters, they'll never forget because there are great pictures here going back from almost day one. So you can't forget where you came from. And I think that you keep building on that. And I know that some of, uh, I think your nephews and, and uh, some of the other younger ones, they're working on your social media now on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. So it's a lot different than when your father started with the one constant, no matter the technology or anything else, you still have to make a great cigar. And it all starts with the, the raw material. It's that simple. Well, I mean, obviously marketing is important. And I tell my nephews all the time, in this day and age, in the business world, it's important to have the social media and the, and the marketing component. But at the end of the day, you can have the best social media, you can have the best product, you can have the, I mean, the best marketing, but if you don't have the best product or a quality product, the rest is secondary. So we can't lose sight of the eight ball and not remember what it is that has helped us get to where we are today. Because before we had social media, before we started selling to any retail store in before any of this, before I started selling in 93, we had already sold millions and millions and tens of millions of cigars. And that was without social media, that was just basically through have, by having an excellent product. Well, let me correct you, because it was through, it's not necessarily social media, but through a social experience when all the Cuban immigrants here to Miami started smoking that Padron Fuma, and one started telling the other, and another, and another, and the next thing you know, you're selling massive numbers of cigars just from your factory here in Miami. I, wanna, I want you to ask your father, when he put that first deposit down for the space in Little Havana way back in 1964, and he paid that first deposit for the power bill, and he put in his application, did he ever think that Padron Cigars would be where it is today, 52 years later? Dice Dave que si en algún momento, cuando tú, si miras hacia atrás y ves la fecha de marzo del 61, del 64, Cuando tú pusiste ese depósito, que pusiste el depósito en esta fábrica, si tú en algún momento pensaste que esta compañía iba a llegar a donde ha llegado. No. No. Simple, Simple answer. answer. No. no. That's, that's, that's the shortest answer I've ever heard your father give. No. Does he still ask him if he's still today when he comes in? Does he ever have, does he ever say, I can't believe this? Que, que si tú hoy en día cuando eh, tú miras y, y ves lo que hay, tú alguna vez te dices, coño, es increíble lo que hemos logrado. Y no es eso. Las veces que me he caído y las veces que me he levantado. <laughs> he says absolutely that he does, and but he says he doesn't only think about that, he also thinks of all the times that he fell and that he got La back guerra. up. That he's, had, that he's had failures and he's had to overcome them. So. Well, I think you learn more from your failures than you do your successes. I mean, without a doubt, he's just he's just counting off different things that have happened in his lifetime that have, throughout the 52-year history of this company, that probably would have put most people out of business, or they would have, you know, encouraged them to go in another direction. He never he never did that. 
Well, and it all started when you think about it. The old-fashioned way, you know, the hard work, or hard work in America, you come in and you have an idea, but he started with a lawnmower, mowing lawns, and then taking that hammer, doing some carpentry at night, enough to get him the money to put a down payment for a, a space, and then the power, and then to buy some raw materials. And so really is a fascinating story. The August selection for the Cigar Dave Officers Club is Tabaquero Hamlet Paredes from Rocky Patel Premium Cigars. Hamlet Paredes blended this cigar with a San Andreas wrapper, filler from Nicaragua, and Brazilian and Mexican binders. This cigar is the closest a smoker can get to a fusion of Cuban craftsmanship and Nicaraguan ingenuity. It's easy to join the Officers Club to have these cigars shipped directly to you. Just log on to CigarDave.com. America is under attack. Basic freedoms, privileges, and acts that we would normally take for granted are disappearing each day, including the simple ability to enjoy a cigar. This is Glenn Loop, Executive Director of Cigar Rights of America, CRA. At a time when elected officials should be thinking about education, public safety, and creating jobs, they are actually thinking about smoking bans, new taxes, and regulations of historic proportions on premium cigars. The cigars that provide us with pleasure, relaxation, and fellowship are under attack. We have to stop it. That's why Cigar Rights of America was created, to work for a new political day for cigar enthusiasts across America, to roll back restrictive laws and defeat onerous taxes and regulations that impact everyone from your local cigar shop to your personal humidor. For the price of a few great cigars, be a part of this effort to protect your right to enjoy a cigar without excessive taxation and cumbersome legislation. Go to CigarRights.org. Let's tell the government we've had enough. Join now, CigarRights.org. Great cigars to great scotch. This is America's five-star pleasure paradise. The Cigar Dave Show. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show. If you'd like to join the alpha male conversational maneuvers, call me during the live show, Saturdays, 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern Time at 877-DAVE-007. That's Saturdays, 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern Time at 877-328-3007. Enjoy the latest and greatest cigars shipped directly to you. Join the Cigar Dave Officers Club now, and you'll receive three premium cigars every month. Membership is just $22.95, including shipping and handling. Join by going to CigarDave.com now. That's CigarDave.com. Click on Officers Club. Well, next week at this time, we'll be front and center Buffalo Theater of Operations, the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water, Buffalo Riverworks, next Saturday, August 13th, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Great day, cigars, spirits, delicacies, camaraderie. Go to CigarDave.com. Less than 10 tickets remaining. You will want to be there. Now back to our third and final in our series of interview segments with George and Jose O'Padron as Jose celebrates his 90th birthday. 
when you look today at your portfolio of cigars, certainly different from when you joined back in 1990, 93, your first RTDA. At that time, you only had the original Padron series, correct? That's correct. Okay, so tell us. I think that sometimes, you know, the newer cigars, your anniversary series, your 1926, the Family Reserve, they get a lot of attention. But I'll tell you, the Padron series, the original series, to me, is still a classic. It, you can't go wrong with it. And you've got a price point for everybody, a size for everybody. You could probably got more sizes in that Padron series than I've ever seen. Yeah, we, we, we've been very careful of how we've developed the brand. Um, I mean, I, to me and to us, it's been important to have a wide range in our portfolio. So we have products for every type of consumer. We have consumers that want to spend a little bit more, but we have a product for them that's a more refined product that may have more aging and has different um, characteristics in terms of the flavor. Uh, but then again, we also have cigars for those that want to spend a little bit less, and we have everything. We have types of you know we have different types of products for every consumer. I think it's important. We focus always on building the Padron name and the Padron brand. And I'm 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 ho I'm very happy. I'm very happy that over the years we've been able to maintain the consistency throughout the lines, not just focusing on one specific line or the other, but yet being able to to maintain what we've got. Well, every time I've come in, George, and talked to you, and I, you know this is true, I've always talked about the new Family Reserve of the 1964, the 1926, and you always tell me, Dave, don't forget about our Padron series. Our original series are still great cigars. And that's fact. Can't go wrong. Well, I mean... I don't have to tell you that. I mean, the consumers... Will the consumers know, but you always remind me because sometimes, you know, we get focused on some of these other, uh, you know, ultra-premium brands, but to me, you still have that. That's that's your bread and butter, your Padron series. Well, I mean, you know, the important thing is that you have different products. You know, there's a, consumers today have a lot of options. Um, most consumers today don't smoke just one type of cigar. Right. Uh, so it's important to have a variety of products in your portfolio that consumers can try from different, whether it be different sizes or different flavor profile, you know, in terms of the, the types of cigars that we're putting out. So all of those things are important to consider when you have a brand. You know, when I look at the, the anniversary series, the 1926, I want to explore that because to me, the you were really, I think, amongst the first to really box press uh, the cigars, certainly starting with the 1964. But in terms of the 1964, tell us about, that was the first really super premium brand that you came out with. Yes. The, well, back, back in 93, back in 93, when, when I first to our first, when I went to our first trade show, I came back and I talked to my father and I explained to him, I go, dad, I think we should try and put out, I mean, we have, we have great, we have great, great product. Um, you know, we have great tobacco. Why don't we try to make something that's even more special than what we're doing right now? I was fortunate that my father listened to me and he understood what I, where I was coming from. And that's very important to understand also in a family business. When you have someone like my father who is a person that starts the business, it sometimes is not so easy to listen to a person like me who is a young kid that just came out of college. And in some cases, they may not listen to you or they may say, you know what, you're crazy. Let's stick to what we know or let's stick to what we got. But he was willing to listen. And uh, that's why I always say that my dad is a visionary because the only reason that we've been able to do what we've done is because my father has 
appreciated the 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 thought and the and he has understood the idea behind what what's been being proposed. So that cigar, I think, was an, a very important product for us because it helped put us in a position where no other manufacturer was, and that was producing a super premium cigar that was at a different price point that was different than anything in the market at the time, and I still think it's different than anything in the market at, the time, at this time. But, but that shape of the cigar was something that was his idea because he said he wanted to make a cigar that was similar to the types of cigars that he smoked in Cuba back in the 40s and 50s, and he wanted to make it square and box-pressed. Ask your father when you proposed, came back from the, the show, the RTDA in Dallas, and you mentioned your idea, ask him uh, his thoughts and, and what he began thinking about in terms of making that new cigar. I was telling him that when I came to the first show, we talked about it, I told him 64, que yo, que yo siempre le he dicho a él que, que tú eres una persona que tiene una mente muy abierta, que a veces una persona como tú, que es el fundador de un negocio y que tiene éxito, que entra un muchacho joven como yo y yo te planteé esa idea y a, en muchos casos el patriarca del negocio va a decir, coño, pues no vamos a hacer ningún cambio si todo está bien. Pero tú no hiciste eso, tú entendiste que, que era una buena idea y la desarrollaste. Entonces yo le digo a él que la idea de hacerlo cuadrado fue tuya, que cuando ese tabaco primero eh, se habló, tú querías hacer un tabaco que era igual en, a, a, a los tabacos que fumabas en Cuba. So he used to smoke a Chapman cigars in Cuba. And those cigars were, were box pressed. So when we introduced that cigar in, in 94... He says that that's the only thing he's copied in his life. <laughs> Because everybody in this business copies what everybody else does. That's the only thing he's ever copied, is that square shape. So it's important to understand that we certainly didn't invent that shape, but that was something that was present back in the 40s and 50s and had kind of, you know, over the years, it was lost a little bit. At that time in the U.S. market, there were no box press cigars. We were the first ones to bring that back. And of course, that was a revolutionary thing. People, uh, ex you know, accepted the cigar. They understood the quality of the product, and and on top of that, they appreciated the shape. And now, I, I don't have to tell you, there are hundreds of cigars in them, or maybe thousands of different types of cigars that are in the marketplace that are square or box pressed. And so, when you decided, you had the box press idea. Your father wanted to do the box press from from smoking the Ache Upens in Cuba. What type of flavor characteristics, taste profile were you looking for? What, what went into making the blend? Uh, well, I mean, it, it was really just trying to make a cigar that was uh, different than what we had in the, in the, at the time, more maybe refined with tobaccos that were aged a little bit longer. And that was really the idea. I mean, how do we produce a cigar that's balanced, that has great flavor, that people will enjoy, but that is different than what we have. And that was the idea. And how much longer do you age the 1964 compared to, say, the regular Padron series? Well, it's probably like an additional year and a half on the tobacco. Just so, sitting there, just maturing, getting right. Yeah. I mean, uh, the, the Padron line is around two and a half years. The anniversaries are four. So. Camacho vendía el tabaquito de la 25 centavos, un cuatro. Yo lo vendía 30. Y, y Lolo, que me, me arreglaba el cam la camioneta, cuando se me rompía, 
Le regalé una caja de tabaco de esa, el oro grande. Se lo llevó y se emborrachó. Se fue para la playa y cuando viene me llama. Coño, me, me emborraché. Y le dije, pon el tabaco en la mesa y regálale uno. Ese tabaco. Este es, he's looking back to like the 60s when he started yeah. using the tobacco from Nicaragua that he had a cigar called the number four. And that cigar was a cigar that he gave a gift of a box to a friend of his that used to fix all of his cars. The guy had a, 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 he was a mechanic and he had like a company that would fix transmissions and all this stuff. And he gave him a box of the cigars and when the guy smoked it, he, he, he thought that the cigar was a little bit too strong for him. Oh, yeah, so yeah, then yeah. he said, I'm not going to smoke the cigars, but I'm going to put them in my shop, and anyone that comes in can grab one. Take one. And, that's, and that helped him to build that type of mentality where people helped him, and he also took advantage of people that wanted to share, and word of mouth was a huge thing for him. Again, market research. El que vino a comprarme 10,000 tabaco sin anillo, porque tenía acá de Bachuma. So, y me lo pagaba a 10 dólares y yo lo vendía a 6. Sin anillo me lo daban 10 dólares. So he, Le he, dije, no, mío. El mío va a ser mejor que la chumba número 4. Así que so he, at the same time in, in that era, uh, he used to sell the, 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 the cigars of the number 4 for about 6 dollars for 25 cigars. He had a guy that came one time and asked him, to make him 10,000 cigars that he would buy from him at $10 a bundle. Okay. More than what you were already selling he for. He wanted them without bands. And <coughs> so he said to my dad, I want 10,000 of these cigars. I don't want them with bands. I just want you to sell me the bundles naked. My dad asked him, why would you pay me an extra $4 and then want them without... So the guy said to him, no, I have... Because I have H. Upman bands... <laughs> that I want to put on this cigar and sell them. And my dad said to him, listen, you know, I could use the money, but I don't, I don't, I would never tarnish my name. So I'm not interested in doing business with you. And that's the type of commitment that I'm talking about. When you have a person like my dad that doesn't have a dime and could have certainly used the money, but yet he's willing to sacrifice that and say, I'm not willing to do that type of business. You can't put a price on integrity. That's right. So the 1964 is launched in what year? The 1964 was launched in 1994. 1994, and obviously 1964 commemorates the year it was founded. So 30 years after Padron is founded, you come out with the 1964 series. What was the reaction in the market? <laughs> it's phenomenal. Through the roof. Through the roof. We didn't have any, We, I mean, the biggest problem we had with that cigar, we, we didn't have the production, I mean, we never had the production to meet the demand, number one. You still don't. We still don't. But on top of that, the, uh, the second biggest problem we had is that we were sending very few boxes to every customer. I mean, you know, we had customers that were getting one box of cigars, not because we were holding back, but because we didn't have the cigar right. to sell. And what would happen was that the store owners would never even put it out on the marketplace. They would smoke them themselves, you know. So that's at the beginning, that was an issue. Like you would get, you would send somebody two boxes of cigars and they would sell one and keep the other one for themselves to smoke. <laughs> and that was, you know, that was a big problem because people, they never, you know, I never got out there. Right. But eventually that, obviously that changed and we were very careful of how we opened up new accounts so that we wouldn't 
run into a situation where we didn't have enough product to, to fulfill. So when you came out with that cigar, the initial price back in 1994 was how much? I don't remember exactly what the prices were, but I would assume they, they had to be to had to have been probably between seven and twelve, thirteen dollars. And at the time in 1994, that was almost revolutionary to have a cigar priced at that ultra premium price point. Yeah, no doubt. That 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 at that time that was not you know customary, but you know it proved again that people will pay for quality. And, uh, you know, immediately people realized that it was a quality product and it was deserving of the price. Download the Cigar Dave mobile app for Android, Kindle, and iOS so you can listen to the general anytime, anywhere. The Cigar Dave mobile app is presented by Diamond Crown. Search Cigar Dave in the App Store today. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. If you're like millions of cigar buffs, you've enjoyed a love affair with Romeo y Julieta. Your passion has made it the world's best-known brand, trusted to deliver an excellent mild smoke. But now, you're ready for something new and avant-garde, something bolder with more panache. Now, there's Romeo by Romeo y Julieta, a modern, fuller-bodied smoke created to lead an exciting new trend in luxury cigars. Romeo is our finest Romeo y Julieta, an awesome manly smoke, robust and rich in complex flavor sensations. Each leaf is carefully selected, delicately aged, and meticulously crafted by expert hands full of wisdom and tenderness. Hands with decades of experience, culminating in an unforgettable smoke. Your first Romeo will blow you away. The passion you've always felt will soar to new heights. You'll discover the passion that burns within. Visit The Cigar Life on Facebook and Twitter. Surgeon General Warning. Cigar smoking can cause lung cancer and heart disease. Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the Water, presented by Rocky Patel Premium Cigars at Buffalo Riverworks. Get your tickets before they sell out at CigarDave.com.
We're talking with Joseo Padron and George Padron at Padron Cigars uh, headquarters in Little Havana. You launched the 1926 series to commemorate your father, Joseo Padron's birthday year. His, his 75th birthday. And that was done, uh, I believe, in 2001. I don't have the exact date right now, but I mean, yeah, 2001, 15 years ago. So, you know, that line was introduced in 2001. And again, much like the anniversary that, that by that time had already you know, taken off to a certain level. Uh, the 26 came in crawling and uh, started to walk, and, you know, then it's running, and that's basically how it's been. I, mean, well, I remember you gave me a couple to smoke, and I said, great, when are they going to be ready? I don't know yet, but just smoke it, and we'll let you know. And I think it was probably about another year until you were able to get the production out and get the boxes, and that's a little bit fuller-flavored cigar than the 1964, a little bit different uh, complexion, but when you launch that, same thing, immediate success without any delay, right through the roof. Obviously, it must have exceeded your expectations. Well, I mean, you know, we didn't we didn't really go into it with big expectations on anything. You, you didn't put a plan. You just basically said we're going to make them. Let's see what happens. Exactly. You didn't have a spreadsheet and, and, and project for the next 10 years. You basically said we're going to put them out. Let's see what we do. Right. I mean, you know, we have a lot of faith in the consumers. We, un- we knew that we were putting out a good product. So it was just a matter of time. I mean, it's a matter of the time that it takes to develop the brand. I mean, it takes years to do that. So it's not something that happens overnight. And, uh, you know, little by little, that's what's exactly what's happened. I mean, it's, it's a brand that is recognized in the industry as a, as, a, as a product that is recognized all over the world as a quality, excellent product. Now we move into the Family Reserve Series, another highly anticipated launch. Let's go through those because that same thing, that's really limited. If you're talking about the 1926 and 1964 is limited, this is ultra, ultra, ultra limited. Yeah, the Family Reserve, uh, again, was just another development of the line, you know, understanding the marketplace, the types of products that were out. Uh, You know, everything that we do, we do with the idea of um, celebrating certain moments in the company's history, and that's basically how it came out. I mean, it's something that the product came out, it was introduced in about 2007, and, you know, from that point on, again, it's been a slow and steady growth. And you've come out with different releases every year. And two years ago, in 2013, September 2013, I was uh, honored enough. You called me personally uh, to invite me to your 50th anniversary party. Now, lieutenants, I've got to tell you, you think of a party, you think there's going to be a few hundred people. There's going to be some cigars and some food and, and maybe a little entertainment. This was absolutely off the charts. You you had to find a venue that number one was large enough, and number two, you could smoke cigars. And you found, I think, what a movie, uh, like a movie set type thing. It was basically it's a, basically a big warehouse here in Miami that is a venue for parties like that, and uh, they allowed us to smoke, which is obviously an important factor for us in where we would go. And uh, it turned out great. Oh no, no, that's an understatement, George. It was not great. It was off the charts, and I raved about it for umpteen months afterward. I talked about it on the show. You had the huge band, these dancers. The fl- I still have video of you dancing the conga line, which, which I, I'm holding because I know that could, that could be detrimental to your career. Uh, but it, it was great, and you had, I mean, the people that came from Europe, because not only do they do business with you, but they're friends. And you had literally everybody you've done business with and friends to the Padron family there, 
between the cigars, the food. Um, you had John Sally, the NBA player that was the master of ceremonies. That was He was hysterical. I met uh, a Ben from Ben & Jerry's Ice Cream. They had these bicycles, and I said, why is Ben and, of Ben & Jerry's? He loves Padron cigars. Actually, it was Jerry. Jer- it was ben Jerry. Jerry I can never keep Jerry's. him straight. He's a big cigar smoker. He loves Padron. And he, you know, he wanted to be a part of the of the party, and I told him, Jerry, just come and enjoy it. And he goes, no, no, I mean, I insist that we, we bring ice cream, and he wanted to bring ice cream and serve it for everybody. So, you know, obviously I, I appreciate that. He's also someone that started from nothing and has, and built a tremendous business. So, you know, we have a lot of things in common, and it was great. George, I want to ask you if your father would like to say anything to our <clears throat> our audience, people that love Padron cigars, the people that may, this could be the first time they've really heard your father talk about the history. I know this has been fascinating. We're going to start out with an hour, and now I think we're in three hours. It's just gone incredibly quick, and I've been fascinated. But I want to ask your father if there's anything he'd like to say to the consumers, the people that listen, who enjoy Padron cigars. Dice que si hay algo que tú le quisieras decir a los fumadores y a todas las personas que están oyendo, que van a oír esta entrevista, que a veces a lo mejor no han podido tener la oportunidad de escucharte a ti hablar. Que me siento muy orgulloso, como ahora me han demostrado en mi cumpleaños, que todos me han felicitado y todos me tienen cariño y yo les agradezco eso y que se sientan muy alegres y muy contentos con lo que estamos haciendo, porque todo el mundo me dice que estoy haciéndolo bien. That he he feels very proud, um, and he feels a lot of satisfaction. Um, that, for example, that now it was his 90th birthday on June 10th, and he had thousands of people that wrote to him, that called him, and that expressed their gratitude and wishing him a happy birthday and, and a healthy a healthy life. That he's been able to reach as many people as he has that have been happy with the product that he's been that he's put out. That to him, there's no greater gift than that, to see that people enjoy the product that he's, that he's put out. I hope you all enjoyed the series of interviews and conversations with Jose Padron and George Padron as much as I enjoyed spending the afternoon with them back at their uh, headquarters in Miami. And we will have the entire three-segment, three-series of interviews at CigarDave.com. Next Saturday, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., August 13th, Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water, Buffalo River Works, downtown Buffalo, about six tickets remaining. Go to CigarDave.com. It is a great day, guaranteed. You will love it, those of you in Buffalo. Cigar Dave, the general, saying, Mayor Humidor always be full. Mayor Cutter always be sharp. Mayor Ashby, extra, extra long, Semper Delictatio. Always pleasure. Long live the Alpha. My hometown of Buffalo, here I come. Roll out the five-star carpet.